Radio Verulam. Good evening and welcome to 92.6 FM Radio Verulam and online at radioverulam.com. My name's Johnny Seabrook and for the next hour, as part of the St Albans Food and Drink Festival, we are celebrating the food heroes from this dreadfully sad year, 2020. Those people that have risen to the challenge and have shone like bright stars in our food industry here in St Albans. We salute those heroes. David Bowie, of course, and Heroes. And in previous years, we at Radio Verulam have worked with St Albans Council on their Food and Drink Awards as part of the annual Food and Drink Festival. Under the circumstances of the past few months, we decided it wouldn't be fair or even, frankly, possible to judge the awards this year. So we wanted to recognise and say thank you to these COVID-19 food heroes instead. A little while ago, we asked members of the public to nominate those people as the coronavirus pandemic hit really came through for their communities. A number of names came up over and over again, suggesting people most deserving of thanks and praise for all the work they did and continue to do so. So in this programme, we want to celebrate those people with their tremendous efforts to support particularly the most vulnerable members of our community throughout the most challenging of times. Unfortunately, we can't hold a glittering awards ceremony to thank them, but the council will be giving out food hero certificates and our friends at the St Albans Business Improvement District will be sending them some St Albans card vouchers to use in their local businesses. Some of my colleagues from Radio Verulam have been out and about, socially distanced, of course, to speak to some of the nominees and find out what they've been doing in their own words. But first, let's talk to St Albans councillor, Mandy McNeil, who is definitely something of a hero herself, and many people told us of her tireless work on behalf of our local community during lockdown. Good evening, Mandy. Thank you very much for joining us. Hey, good evening, Johnny. Yes, How good, you doing? Very good. Thank you very much. Now, listen, over the course of the last six, seven months, when we went into lockdown um, back in March, it's been such um, a sad story with little glimmers of hope as well. And I just wondered if you could sort of reflect on the story that's happened over over these last six to seven months for us? Okay, well, in the context of our hospitality industry and our, our retail businesses as well, you probably are aware that leading into COVID-19, it was actually a pretty dire time for everybody anyway, because we had had the Brexit impact on people not shopping or spending money, and we had really, 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 really terrible weather. So, it, you know, for the hospitality industry, they're all hanging on by the edge of their teeth for spring. And so a lot of them were treading water. And when a few days before lockdown happened, um, there was the please shut down the pubs. That actually had a, took a, a devastating toll. And I, vice chair of the Safe St. Albans pubs campaign, and Sean Hughes from The Boot, and myself and Christo and some others, the WhatsApp chat. And we were all trying to figure out what to do because a lot of people didn't know what to do. Their, their revenue suddenly stopped because people stopped going to the pub. They were, you know, terrified of going to the pub. And so everyone was trying to figure out, you know, what was going to happen next. 
and we were looking at you know people's insurance policies because they were trying to find out whether they had business interruption and this was hotels and and we just started widening this group sean had this idea and he thought you know let's start adding some other hospitality people to it and then i'm also co-chair of the bid business improvement district and we had retail people and we we're like going okay let's add some retail people and then we started opening this group up and we actually now have about 130 people but they're all helping wow, each gosh. other you know lockdown sort of happened and there there, there are people that you know they suddenly had their some had wives who are nurses at hospitals and children and they were now having to have you know no business looking after the children and then trying to figure out what they were going to be able to do and the law changed so that pubs could turn into takeaways so you know we sort of got our thinking caps on with the business improvement district and we uh, sort of thought within i think 24 hours of lockdown had up the enjoy st Albans website repurposed into a shop website to basically tell people to go out and eat there was probably only about two or three people in in the beginning all this time while this was going on though we're all trying to figure out you know people working their lives wanting to do something they actually you know because there was this if you've been hit by trauma which i think everybody was at that particular point in time whether you were ill or not you're out of control in a way and you want to know what to do and you need a purpose and i think for the hospitality sector and also for a ton of people in our community what they do is is they give and there's this group that the businesses had been supporting which is the action for homeless who do soup runs on fridays and saturday nights and they had been working with open door to try and get you know start getting it was the winter beds time winter beds project going on as well and they were trying to figure out how they were going to look after their homeless and they were you know just desperate for who was going to feed their homeless yeah. and so on our WhatsApp chat, we sort of started saying, hey, has anybody got, can anybody do anything for our homeless? Yeah. And people would say, yeah, I can. Yes, I can. You know, at one stage, Sean from the boot had from Johnny from the Pudstop Centre text through saying, I've got 600 brownies. Oh, I know. We, we might hear about this a little bit later on in the hour. Yeah. The, oh, you the, might. You yes, might. Okay, yes, well, it's I won't, the story yeah, won't that's going to come up. Won't, yeah. give the, won't give the story away <laughs> then. But uh, there was, so we had overwhelming need of people to to serve. We had different people doing it and putting their hands up, including Gels from Smokehouse Deli and Jamie from the Hare and Hounds. You know, it was, it was just incredible. And then people also were trying to figure out how they were going to get the food. And yeah. So you'd say, somebody would say, I've got a sack of potatoes, you know, spare, do you want them? So Jamie started putting his hand up, you know, very frequently to do the homeless and his pubs had you know two pubs and and had were shut you know the bid organized cork caps to start packing up the food and taking it open door that became then people started volunteering to want to pick up the food and take it to open door so there was a regular uh, run going where we had uh, metro bank volunteers picking up the food from jamie or picking up the food from gels and taking it to open door well, actually, we also had the Winter Bed Project. So it was also going to Vanessa Sharp for the bids. She lived across the road from where the Winter Bed Project was. So she'd get the food, drop off and run it over. But there was this whole logistics mission going on. But at the same time, you had people, including Sean and Christo, and probably plenty of others that I'm you know, not aware of, but they were you know, helping feed the homeless. They set out community hub points and they were trying to make a living themselves 
but it actually turned out that they weren't. They were yeah, they were yeah, basically helping the helping the uh, vulnerable. And you'll probably hear some stories depending on you know who you talk about where Community First was out in the in the area, as was St Albans District Council. I never knew until I became a councillor that the team. You know that they've, they've, when when there's a disaster, it's actually your local council officers who are frontline key workers who are yeah. out there distributing food. But they didn't have enough volunteers in in the beginning. And so what you found, and, and as you know, pubs become community hubs, people tend to let them know if something's going on. And we found that there were people who were at home who were isolated or elderly who hadn't eaten for several days. They started making sure that those people were looked after. Cares at the Portland Arms would do regular food runs and she would do fish and chips and things on a Friday and that, but she'd also go deliver them, distribute them to people who needed them in her neighbourhood. So there was this whole real you know, sense of community, wasn't it? A it quite was... incredible experience. Yeah. Yes, yeah, it sounds and fantastic. Very, very much so. Yeah. You know, this incredible. And what we're going to do now is we're going to hear some of those stories of those people that are actually involved um, right now in the next hour here on Radio Verily. You're listening to ninety-two point six FM Radio Verily as part of the St Albans Food and Drink. Festival 2020. This is our Food Heroes radio program, focusing on those people that have really shone as shining stars over the course of the last six or seven months here in St Albans. One of the people that Councillor Mandy McNeil mentioned was Kaz from the Portland Arms. My Radio Verulam colleague, Robbie Dove, caught up with her. During lockdown, she set up a food supply shop dealing with fruit, meat and vegetables delivered to people's homes, a lovely takeaway fish and chip service, Sunday roasts, pies. She did a daily video of what was in shop, including hard-to-get items such as flour. Kaz, it sounds like you haven't really stopped since lockdown. Um, I haven't really. Everyone was talking about how they were, how they were um, trying to find things to do and decluttering their homes with their children, and I was running a fruit and veg shop. It felt like. <laughs> um, what prompted you to set up these services? Have you got any experience in this before? No, um, I haven't. Never, I've, I've always wanted to um, set up my own shop, as in, but doing something different. So the idea and the research and all that had been done for me, but in something different. Um, and obviously, I think if you look back in history, what pubs used to do, we, they used to have uh, alcohol shops and stuff, and we would always they would always be at the heart of every community. And that's exactly what I turned the Portland Arms into. I really tried to get some of the stuff that people couldn't get hold of. Everyone needed something, so it helped everyone out, and everyone would share, which was great. Now, how busy were the services you provided during lockdown, and what did an average day look like for you? We were quite busy right from the beginning. So I think an average day, we, we, we would start and finish from 12 till 3, and it was quite busy. So so it was obviously less than what we would trade in the pub, but we were we were busy. We had queues. Um, and and uh, it was to keep the girls their and their jobs and their wages, and we actually managed to pay the girls every month with the wages that were what we were making with the shop. So that was really good. Now, obviously, you were nominated for uh, the district's local lockdown food heroes, and by the way, congratulations! It sounds like a very very worthy nominee indeed. Um, were you aware of these awards beforehand, and how did you react when you received the nomination? Um, I have to say, I didn't actually know they were doing any awards. Um, Pleasant surprise, then. 
yeah, it was a bit of a surprise. I, I kind of knew something was happening, but I just thought it was for something else, not for anything local like this. But I didn't think St Albans Council were doing it this locally. So it was quite nice to know. <laughs> I'm very surprised as well. Kaz Cora is the landlady at the Portland Arms. There's a pub in Portland Street, St Albans. Get yourself down there, portlandarmsstalbans.com. Um, she's been nominated for the district's local food heroes, the lockdown food heroes rather, for her phenomenal efforts during lockdown, including setting up a shop, takeaway fish and chip service, helping people get hard to uh, source items such as flour. Kaz, thank you so much for your wonderful, wonderful efforts over lockdown and best of luck with the awards. Brilliant, thank you. Next up, Claire Graham spoke to Jamie West, the landlord of the Hare and Hounds. Jamie, I, I know it was such a blow to the hospitality industry when we locked down, but instead of moping around, you took the initiative and did something amazing for our community. Tell us what you did. <laughs> yeah, firstly, firstly, honours all mine. Um, yeah, and like, like um, everyone, and like all the publicans in the area, um, we were pretty devastated when lockdown hit. Um, it, it hit obviously just before Mother's Day, which is a big weekend in the pub industry. Um, and uh, we thought we might at least get through that before um, before it all locked down on us. But um, we were sitting there in a situation realising that we had absolutely loads of stock left over. We had freezers full and all the rest of it. Um, and, and we were just thinking we needed to do something so that didn't all go to waste. Um, and I've been, uh, I'd had a bit of contact with Sharon Linney, who is an absolute legend in St. Albans. And, and everybody, everybody knows Sharon. <laughs> Um, and, um, she was, uh, she was talking about, uh, the open door, uh, house, the homeless charity, uh, runs a, a house over on uh, Brickett road. Um, and also, um, there's a little one that I've never actually been to, which is called winter beds. I think it was, which had a little place. I think it was on Spicer street. Um, and it was, it was only small. And so they, they had no real room to do any of their catering, socially distancing and, and whatsoever. So uh, I'd had a chat with my head chef, Kevin, who was a legend throughout this whole thing. Um, and we talked about making up some soups and doing a bit of a soup kitchen for either homeless or key workers coming off shift or that sort of stuff. You know, just thinking it would be a way to keep, keep the doors open, um, albeit for takeaway, and, uh, and get rid of some of the, the, the food stuff that we have without waste, wasting it. Um, and so we ended up actually with winter beds and an open door, we ended up um, cooking for about six or seven days in a row, just going through some of the stock that we had. Um, at which point, uh, Sharon and, uh, and, and Vanessa from the bid, um, uh, came back to and said, you know, do you think you'd be able to commit to doing a bit more for, for open door whilst lockdown continues? Uh, and by that point, we had already had people coming to us uh, and and sort of saying, oh, we've heard about what you're doing. Can we can we deliver you some stuff, some friends and stuff? We're just, you know, coming down with a, a, a bunch of sausages or three kilos of mints or something like that. So we said, yeah, so of course we can. Great. So every Tuesday and Friday became my routine. I'd get up, uh, get up in the morning and, and bake three loaves of bread, which is great because I used to love making bread. And, and, and then I was back doing that. So that kept me sane a little bit. Um, and either myself in the early days or Kevin a bit later on when he started coming back in would, uh, would come and, and find whatever we've been donated, donated and, and make up somewhere between 15 and 20 meals um, for open door. Um, and we would do a two hour soup kitchen as well with the fresh bread that I've made just for, as I say, either homeless or anyone who was vulnerable or couldn't get out or, or, um, or shift workers, you know, key workers coming off shifts and stuff like that. Um, so two hours on every Tuesday and every Friday and, and then at seven o'clock we'd send the meals off to open door. So it became this really, really nice routine. 
immediately lots and lots of local people started getting involved. And this this is the bit that I like about the whole thing. I've loved following your Facebook posts and you seem to have really engaged the whole community. So who got involved to help? Do, do you know what? That Facebook post was, was just supposed to be an opportunity for me to put a photo up of some fancy meals that we cook and say, you know, hey, this is great. Um, yeah. You know, it really, really feels good to be sending some food out and, and thanks to people who helped us. But in the end, it became like this essay because I, I, I just have so many people to thank every week. Um, and, and lots of it was was sort of um, friends of friends of ours who were just really really happy to to donate and uh, you know uh, just myself and my wife friends of ours who would would rock up from Sainsbury's with again sort of big boxes of mints or sausages or loads of chicken fillets. Um, there is I have to shout out although she won't thank me a lady called Judy who uh, who who um, phoned us up and said um, can you use veg because I've been getting veg parcels and I think she had access to an allotment and we said yeah that'd be great and she never told me her surname I only met her once because it was on a Wednesday when I was in inevitably somewhere else uh, uh, but for 14 weeks in a row she delivered a vegetable parcel to us which was absolutely brilliant um, I had some of my locals over at, um, uh, at the other part of the Rose and Crown in Sandridge who were donating stuff to us, including actually John the Butcher, who's the butcher up at Sandridgebury Farm. He, he sent me loads of meat, loads of chicken, loads of sausages as well. Um, just it, it was all the community, basically. Lots of people yeah. in the local community. Congratulations on your nomination, Jamie. Radio Verulam and St Albans as a community are very proud of your efforts and generosity during these difficult times. And I, for one, can't wait to come down and see you. Thank you in person and enjoy one of your banging Sunday roasts and a gin and tonic. Thanks, Jamie. <laughs> it's on. Definitely. Sounds like a date, doesn't it? Right, next up, we're going to be chatting with Daniel Rushbrook and also with Sarah Wren. Stay tuned to Radio Verulam. Food heroes of 2020 with a few tenuous pieces of music as well. Did you get that one? It was the Soup Dragons. Of course, the Soup Dragons, because we just heard all about the soup kitchen that was set up down there at the Hare and Hounds. Right, still to come, we're going to be finding out a little bit more about um, loafing bakers in Wheat Hampstead and also Sarah Wren, the CEO of the Hertfordshire Independent Living Service is going to be with us as well. But during this time, the wonderful Great Northern Pub has been functioning fantastically. They started a takeaway and a community shop, plus invited charter market traders to use their gardens. They chose a weekly local hero and gave them a roast dinner for their family. Steve Simpson caught up with Sherry and Emma from the Great Northern Pub. Sherry and Emma, you are the management team at the Great Northern. Tell us a little bit about the pub and kitchen that you run there. So yes, we we took over about five and a half years ago. We built it into a, uh, a community pub, big range of, uh, of customers who come in. And Emma, Sherry just described it there as a community pub. What does that mean? We've got a big customer base in, in the local area. We tend to know everyone that comes in now because they do come back. We've got a big garden, two metres minimum distance between tables outside and a nice atmosphere. We've, we've designed it as well so that you can come and sit on the bench outside and you don't actually have to enter the pub but still get the pub experience. So what kind of food do you serve? Just do um, high quality kind of pub grub. Everything's made in house. Um, from scratch. From scratch. We use local supplies for both food and, and alcohol. We met a lot of new faces during lockdown, um, especially in the local area. We didn't know the Great Northern has been uh, nurtured somewhat in the last five years and they've come back in, in force since, uh, since coming out of lockdown. But that's why we do it. That's what we enjoy. 
I should say, first of all, congratulations to you both on the nomination as one of St. Albans' food heroes. How do you feel about being nominated? Oh, we're thrilled. Thank you so much. We're, um, we're really proud to be recognised by our local community. So I just want to say thank you very much. Yes, thank you. And what was it that you did during the lockdown period that made a difference? Uh, we stayed open throughout lockdown, um, offering takeaway food and drink. We provided a delivery service. We opened up a convenience store selling dry goods and essentials. And each week um, we got our furloughed staff to nominate a local hero and their household to give them a free Sunday roast. And we were also a community hub hosting various market stalls in our garden. So you, you did a lot of different things. Tell us about the local hero. We wanted to still interact with our staff. Obviously, they're on furlough. Myself and Emma kept the pub going. Um, I was in the kitchen, Emma's friend of the house. So we came up with the idea of letting them choose a, a local hero in the community. So they, they chose people, for example, who helped with the St Albans Action for Homeless, with the St Albans Food Bank. We sort of, they, they were people who do a lot for the community, and we wanted to give something back to the people behind those organisations. And you said there you even opened up a community shop. What were you selling there? It was more of a kind of um, a dry store. Kind of essential shop. Lots um, of flour. Lo- yeah, lots of flour, lots of tin goods. And did you ever think of just closing, just saying this is too difficult, I'm going to close it for the lockdown period? Not, um, no, not really. It really crossed our minds. Um, we, yeah, we just didn't want to sit by and, and, and watch the place fall apart, really. We thought it would be a travesty to throw all that beer away as well, so we thought, let, why not try and sell it? So do you think things will ever be the same? We hope that one day things will be back to normal, but we're we're realistic in the fact that we know that it's not going to happen anytime soon. But we've, we think we've adapted our business model, and by remaining positive, we think that we're well prepared for what the future holds. And you got some very positive feedback in your citation from the local community there. So whatever it is you're doing, you're doing it well. And congratulations once again on your nomination for the St Albans Food Heroes Programme. Fantastic. Thank you Thank so you much. much. For many years now, Loafins Bakers has been a real village institution in Wheat Hampstead, offering beautiful freshly baked artisan bread, cakes and pastries, single origin coffee, sandwiches, hot filled baguettes and salad boxes. In lockdown, they really stepped up, immediately offering free home delivery to all village residents, prioritising the vulnerable and baking for the St Albans Action for the Homeless. The staff are very friendly and helpful, and it was a real family atmosphere. Robbie Dove caught up with Daniel Rushbrook, the manager of Loafing Bakers, to find out more. Daniel, thank you so much for joining me today. So how long have you been uh, the manager of, uh, of Loafing for? So I've been uh, with Loafing itself for 30 years now, but actually manager of this particular shop only since September. Now you've um, worked with a couple of charities over lockdown, including St Albans Action for Homeless. Can you tell us a bit about your, your charity work and do you work with them all year round? How does that work? Um, yeah, so we always had charities that we've dealt with that we obviously all are sort of excess waste something like that that we would pass on to on a day-to-day basis but obviously with the lockdown we then got approached by one charity um, to deliver some bread one day um, in St Albans which is the open door charity yeah. uh, for the homeless um, and then we then wanted obviously after dropping it off wanted to get more involved with it and then since then um, every Friday we will 
put a food parcel together, you know, more consisting of sort of like a nice dessert or something to go along with the additional food that they're receiving. And then that's handed over on the Friday, every Friday night. When you delivered to the Wheat Hampstead residents, mm-hmm. how busy were you and how um, how many residents on a day? Yeah, I mean, it, it, it took us completely by surprise. Obviously, um, everything seemed to sort of happen overnight. And each day um, things were changing and you'd have to adapt to how it was changing you know we were all kind of like just going along you know after each evening you know listening to announcements and then having to sort of change pretty rapid the following day to keep open um it was obviously come quite obvious that um there was a lot of people that were needing bread etc um in the local area um even coffee to be um there was a couple of you know, quite a few people ringing up asking for just a cup of coffee and stuff like like that so yeah we decided that we would obviously, with the shop not being open, just go full in as a delivery service. Um, in its height, I mean, literally the phone line, we had to then go from our normal one line to two lines because the phone was literally continuously ringing from seven o'clock in the morning till five o'clock. It just didn't stop. Daniel Rushbrook is the manager of Loafing Bakery in Wheat Hampstead. They're just on the high street. Go and check them out. Um, they've stepped up massively during lockdown, as uh, you, just, uh, you just heard there, prioritising the vulnerable, baking for charities, offering free uh, uh, delivery to village residents. Sounds like you've done some amazing, amazing work over the last couple of months. Congratulations on your nomination for the District's Lockdown Food Heroes Awards, and uh, we wish you the very best of luck for the future. The Hertfordshire Independent Living Service has a team of 300 volunteers who deliver a hot meal every day. They rose to the challenge to meet a huge increase in demand during lockdown. Claire Graham caught up with Sarah Wren, their CEO. So, Sarah, what has Hills been doing to support the older and vulnerable residents during the COVID crisis? Well, we have been incredibly busy, which won't surprise you to hear. And that's because we already look after thousands of vulnerable people. And during the crisis, even more people have come to us. So over the last few months, we had delivered over a quarter of a million hot meals to people's homes, as well as really sort of caring checks. We've been out and about across the community, delivered at least a quarter of those meals in the St Albans area, just really trying to help people when they're feeling in need. That is no mean feat. But tell us, what have been the challenges faced by your team? Well, it's been really hard for our team because they've had to learn new things. They've had to learn how to wear PPE so that they can stay safe. They've had to really look after themselves and each other and learn different ways of doing things. So it has been challenging. And for some of them, they themselves have had to shield because they may be older or or, or they may be at risk. So it's been a real team effort, but they have pulled together incredibly. Mm, I'm sure. and But you've also had some volunteers helping you out during this crisis, haven't you? Isn't it a wonderful thing in this country, the way that people rally together in a crisis? And we have had a huge number of volunteers just come to our door, people offering to help and be part of the solution during this crisis. And they've helped with all sorts of stuff. They've packed emergency bags for us of food to go out to people in need. And they've helped us to pack welfare things of, you know, really exciting activities for our clients to do during this very difficult time when they're feeling so lonely and isolated. So I'd just like to give a huge thank thank you to all of them. Yeah, of course. And it, it is times like this and especially our lovely St Albans community, the way people just really come together mm-hmm. and, and it's heartwarming. It really is. Um, but can you just let us know um How can Hills provide support to anyone who is still struggling out there? 
Well, the first thing we can do is to take out really nutritious and delicious meals to people who need them. And that can either be really short term. So if you're feeling a bit under the weather, if you're recovering from COVID or you're just feeling a bit low, then we can take out meals to you for a short time or we can do it long term as well. But not only that, we can we, we can also um, give you uh, assistance with dietitians going in to help you with your food provision and to make sure that you're getting the right food. Or our active aging team could help by giving you exercises to do at home. So if you feel that you really could do with a bit of support, do get in touch with us and we'll do whatever we can to help you. Oh, that's great. Is there a way of contacting you if someone is out there and hearing this and they think mm, maybe that could help me? Absolutely. Um, they can certainly call our phone number or they can get in touch through our website. So uh, our phone number is 0330 Um, or the email address, if that's easier for them, is info at heartsindependentliving.org. And we would love to try and help. That's great. It's been really lovely talking to you, Sarah, and a huge thank you to everyone involved at Hills. And also a big congratulations on your nomination for our food heroes. It really is well deserved and you are our unsung heroes. Thanks, Claire. Lovely to speak to you and all the best to folks in St Albans. Okay, you take care. Bye bye. Bye. In recent years, food banks have played a vital role in our societies. The food bank here in St Albans has had to meet the huge extra demand. It has three bases in St Albans in Harpenden, Wheat Hampstead, and it's just opened a new one in London Colney. Steve Simpson found out more from Emma Dalton. It's an obvious question, but tell us a little bit about what you do there. So we help people in crisis when they need emergency food. If they've got no money for food, they've got bills come in or their benefits are delayed, then we can help them with three days emergency food. And how many people are involved in doing that? We have about 120 volunteers currently. During COVID, we probably had about another 100 more who really wanted to help. So you're completely reliant on donations of food and people's time and, of course, money. How did that work in practice uh, around the COVID lockdown? So obviously during the COVID lockdown, when it was a very challenging time for us all, we needed to change the ways we worked considerably in order to make it safe for our volunteers and clients to continue using the food banks. Before the the lockdown, typically how many people would you help in, in a week? It really varies. Things fluctuate, but we would be feeding probably about 120 people a week, which increased considerably as you can imagine we saw about a 400 percent uplift in need of our services for around four or five weeks which were were incredibly difficult without any notice or any time to prepare really and how did you cope with that where did you find the extra resources the main pressure was on our warehouse and our warehouse team who had to step up the packing of food boxes considerably. What what they had to do there is they had to open the warehouse more days, run extra sessions up three a day, but obviously there had to be less people at any time because of social distancing. So so we had less people, but actually we, we needed to produce so much more output. All our volunteers were extremely committed to any uh, sessions that they were involved in and were happy to do more. 
I think that was recognised by the people of St Albans. The citation highlighted the, the, the hard work of the volunteers, but that the team worked with humour and smiles and creativity and enthusiasm. What does that mean to you? That means a lot. It means a lot to us, all of us at the food bank, because it, it was such a difficult time. But we all just got on with it and found that actually... We were proud of ourselves because we managed to do it. And you were able to harness the, the support of other organisations in the area as well. Yes, most definitely. We had help from so many organisations and individuals, donations of money, food, etc. But two organisations locally who really, really helped us were Emmaus. They were just incredible. And the round tables of both Harpenden and St Albans organised uh, food collections. They drove around different areas. They collected all the donations and people were so generous which made sure we had everything we needed to go in the parcels that's an amazing story emma thank you once again for joining us here on radio verulam you and your team of course and congratulations on your nomination as a saint albans food hero we're really really proud and honored thank you very much earlier in our show mandy mcneil made reference to sean hughes and his staff at dylan's and the great contribution they'd played over the last six to seven months steve simpson caught up with sean sean you are one of the owners of Dylan's in St Albans. Tell us a little bit about your business first of all. Well we've got a, a few pubs in St Albans which we built up over the last kind of five to six years. The Dylan's is on George Street and is a food pub and we've just recently opened the Plough in Sleepside which has been open for about two years. So we're kind of a local community pub and a restaurant and hopefully serving the local community plus the tourists and, and visitors. First of all, congratulations on your nomination as a St Albans food hero. It's a nomination that came from the public of St Albans. How do you feel about being nominated? Uh, it came as a bit of a surprise, but I really please thank you. So yes, I would like to say thank you to anyone that, that nominated for that. You shouldn't really be so surprised because you did quite a lot in your business during the COVID lockdown period, didn't you? The citation which we received says that you turned your pub into a shop. You delivered groceries to the vulnerable, to the food bank. You worked with the pudding stop to deliver brownies to the NH staff at Watford Hospital as well. So you really turned your hands and head to a lot of different aspects of keeping St Albans fed and, and looked after. You know, at the beginning of this crisis, we had a lot of work to, with our pubs in St Albans and we just wanted to help people that couldn't get deliveries from supermarkets get groceries as we had a supply line open, which we couldn't use anymore. It just made sense to do that. And what about the brownie delivery to the hospital? That sounds quite intriguing. Was that welcomed by the staff there? It was an epic delivery of hundreds of brownies from the pudding stock with small healthy vegetable packs from a donation from a company in London. We boxed it all up and then drove the Dylan's van to Watford A&E and had several of those trolley things which they came out with. So yeah, they were really pleased with it. So hopefully um, it helped some way. As well as that though, you took steps to help the hospitality trade in St Albans in the longer term as well with the Save St Albans pubs campaign. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, the Save St Albans pubs campaign has been running for a few years and at this time of crisis we just decided to ramp up our communications we extended our whatsapp group to independent high street shops in in st albans and started a big community of information really you also introduced a voucher scheme as well didn't you to uh, let public support the pubs and shops of st albans how did how did that work well, initially, we started off with a campaign called Stick One In, which was um, devised and helped with Danny Clare and the other guys on the team at Save St Albans Pubs. And we were able to speak to the local brewers, Far Brew, and three brewers of St Albans who brewed beer for us. And we could then sell it. And we had it all branded in bottles 
and it raised over £7,000 for local pubs and the voucher scheme raised way over £10,000. We haven't got an exact figure on it yet because people are actually still buying the vouchers now to keep their pubs afloat. But it was a way of local being able to make of the of the pub landlords to make sure that they can be open, you know, after this crisis. Amazing. Well, very many congratulations to you and your extended team, Sean, on your nomination. And very well done for being a St Albans food hero. Hello, this is Claire Graham, and I'm joined by Rehana Ahmed, who is an interior designer owner of two fabulous eateries, the meeting rooms, and mum to two children. And if this wasn't enough, she's also the trustee of Sopwell Community Trust, who have been nominated for our Food Heroes Award. Rihanna, I know the trust has been very active in the cotton malaria for years, supporting our BAME community from youth right through to the elderly. But could you just tell us how you responded to the COVID crisis? Sure. Thanks for speaking to me today, Claire. And um, thank you, firstly. It's for... an, do you know what? It's an absolute pleasure. It really is. Um, in terms of what we've been doing, um, from the beginning, back in March, what I did was I just put out a call to the kind of established groups that we've always worked with since 2013, just to ensure that they had the supplies. You'll remember the toilet roll saga. Oh, don't um, I? <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, and it, and it all sort of spiralled from there. What we came to realise that there were a lot of people who were obviously shielding and couldn't get out and get supplies. There were a lot of people who, for various reasons, the infrastructure of their own families had broken down in that they had certain members who were shielding, certain members who were key workers who were out there. Um, so yeah, so what we did is we did um, a communication drive where I went to visit people in person, obviously at their doorsteps. Um, we did a leaflet drop um, all throughout St. Albans. And um, I put a call out via our social media platform. And from that, we gathered information of who were basically struggling. Mm-hmm. We started off with a handful of cooked meals and a handful of uh, maybe a dozen or so people who needed their shopping delivered on a weekly basis. And it grew from that. Um, we have to date delivered over 3,000 food parcels wow. and cooked over um, 2,000 meals. And um, we also took part in the You Donate, We Deliver NHS meals. We've In total, we cooked 100 meals there. Um, and that's been keeping us busy since then yeah I can imagine I mean over 3,000 meals that that takes some logistics in itself so what what have been the challenges faced by your team to bring all this together the foremost problem and issue that we've faced is that we don't have a central base we don't have a building that we work from or we conduct any of our services from so everything's been operating out of my home basically um cleared out the shed and that's been the central drop-off point for donations the community has been incredibly generous to my calls for help um and that's also where we've been working quite closely with the food bank um where the deliveries have been made mm-hmm. um everything runs out of my my kitchen and my shed and in terms of the meals being prepared it's at um either one of our restaurant kitchens or at home where obviously i have all the certificates and things in place so it made sense um yeah so i think that that's the the main problem that we faced um 
and then it would be of course getting the balance right of checking on in people but not overstepping the social distancing regulations and because things have changed so much and so quickly it has been hard to keep on top of it all to be honest oh I, I can only imagine it's absolutely a mammoth task that you've taken on but I'm sure you know the people that you've helped must be so grateful and it's great that the community pulls together like this but it is still uncertain times isn't it I mean we don't really know what's happening with this COVID virus at the moment so how are you currently operating what are you doing at the moment we are still doing the food deliveries um as I mentioned with the help of the food bank um, with that's on a weekly basis my Thursday is basically my food delivery day and on a daily basis I am still preparing meals that's largely for the elderly members of the community who are still struggling mm. um, there have been breakdown in their kind of usual daily support from their carers so they've needed that continued support there um, and I would say to anybody who's listening, if you're in need of help, please do reach out to us. That is absolutely fantastic. So, yeah, listeners, if you are there and you're struggling and you would like some support, Rayana, tell us, how can they get in touch with the Sopwell Community Trust? So we are a very, very small charity. There's five of us in total. We all have full-time jobs. Um, we are squeezing this in in between our daily lives. Um, we have our most sort of accessible point is our Facebook page. There's all sorts of information on there, including telephone numbers, our email address, um, and the ongoing projects. Yeah. Um, we are in the stage of COVID recovery. So there's something there for, to help people mobilize and upskill and get back into the workforce and something relating to tutoring and um, closing that the education gap that's been apparent throughout lockdown so any information or if you'd like to get in contact with us i do urge you to have a look at our facebook page yeah, which is Sopwell community trust facebook page Sopwell community trust uh, to get lots of information and i just want to say thank you so much for Hannah, for taking time out of your very very busy day and also congratulations on your nomination and a huge thank you from st albans and radio verulam we're very proud of you Thank you so much. I do want to say that it's completely a team effort. Um, it's not possible and it wouldn't have been possible without the donations and the response that we received um, and our collaborative efforts with, you know, the food bank and others who are already doing so much in the community. So it's um, thank you. It's a real honour. And also, I'd just like to say I love how the Food and Drink Festival has adapted. It's amazing. Me too, but do you know what? This is my real favourite award. I think it's brilliant. Going back to Councillor McNeil, who we started the show with Mandy, and we've heard all these wonderful stories, Mandy, of these people that have been real heroes during this really sad time. But we really need to think about the future as well now, don't we? Because there's so many people that are in need still. We're not out of the woods. That's entirely correct. It's still dire out there. I mean, it's dire for the industry and... Um, you know, there's been some incredible things that have happened. Uh, and I believe, you know, Rehana has told you about, you know, what has come out of her collaborating with the food bank. And she's distributing to, I think, 75 people in need every week out of Sopwell. And we've still got, you know, the food bank, you know, desperately need help. And they're still out there uh, doing their job. And with the hospitality sector, it's been a real 
hard to hit again because they were just starting to emerge from COVID that, that, you know, the takeaways had turned into you can reopen again. And so most people had reopened and they were down at, I think, 40% capacity with social distancing. But they were starting to, you know, it it was summer weather, things were starting to pick up. Uh, We'd started, people started coming outside to do the inside market, food stores and things like that as well. And so there was this real sense of we were going to get through this. This is going to be all right. I mean, it was a hard slog, but there was light at the end of the tunnel. Although everybody had in mind and still do that there may be a local lockdown, so we need to plan for that. Then the 10 o'clock closing happened and it took instantly the ability to have a second seating away for dinner for many of the restaurants and pubs. Most of our pubs make their revenue from 10 to 1. You know, karaoke, late night karaoke at the Jolly Sailor uh, for the Great Northern Um, especially when the movie theatre was, you know, jam-packed. So there was that instant hit then of, and most businesses, restaurants and pubs, make their bulk of their weekly takings on weekends. So losing your second seating and losing pretty much 50% of revenues when you're already at 30% of capacity has taken most people, yeah, most people down to, you know, 20%. 20%. So our WhatsApp chat is still about supporting each other. There are, there are people are reaching out to each other and saying, look, I might have to let go of this person. Does anybody else need us, need somebody? What are we going to do? There's this whole collaborative lobbying group. There was a debate, emergency debate in Parliament that this uh, you know, basically formed an independent hospitality and retail association and had you know, lobbied the heck out Daisy Cooper. Yeah. You know, actually, Johnny, I don't know if you're aware, but from July the 4th till the end of September, our independent businesses had about 250,000, 300,000 people through, but not one case of COVID causally linked. Which is incredible. So, it shows how hard they were working as well to follow those guidelines and make sure everyone was safe as well. Yep, yep. And so, you know, I think we're, we're still in dire straits. There is a chance because with winter coming up that it could get worse because there's not going to be a vaccine until the new year. And, you know, we hope it would be sooner. But the biggest thing that we can do right now for everybody, because it's, you know, a lifeblood for our community, employs a lot of people in our community. You know, we're a destination in part because of our pubs, but also in part because of amazing restaurants and cafes. And they're the people that are also out there championing so we really need to support them. Indeed. I mean, if, if we go into lockdown, get a takeaway. Uh, tell you what, six is the new seven. Yes, that's um, it. Yeah. You know, <laughs> yes, um, of course. Whatever you can do, whatever, you know, whatever people can do, if they can go out and uh, or if they can afford a takeaway, anything that you can do to support our, our industry and get them through is emerging uh, people too because it'd just be a tragedy to, you know, see our the people that we've enjoyed over the last few years and watched through the food and drink awards, you know, thrive. It would be a... a a, a really sad loss uh, yeah, after everything they've been through for there to be not light at the end of the tunnel. So the key message is really for everyone at home to go out there and support. And Mandy, I'm going to finish by, you're going to be, you're probably not going to like me saying this, but I think on behalf of um, all the businesses as well, um, we should say thank you to you because I know you're going to be very modest. You've actually been um, a guiding light and a sort of a voice of calm in this sad time for so many people as well in the industry and um, people that are at home as well. So we should say a big thank you to you 
you at the end of this programme and um, we just need to pull together. So thank you ever so much. Thank you. That's going to make me cry. <laughs> oh, you take care. Thank you. In this programme, we've only had a short time to talk to a few of the people who have gone out of their way to help their neighbours and fellow members of our local communities. We are aware that there were many others and no doubt there'll be even more that we don't know about. In the words of some people we spoke to, they said, we've just gone on with it. Well, we salute you all. Finally, I want to say a big thank you to everyone involved in making this special programme. Liz Marcy at St Albans City and District Council. My colleagues at Radio Verulam, Steve Simpson, Robbie Dove, Claire Graham, Clive Glover and Lauren Kemp. And a big thank you to all our food heroes and members of the public who told us about them. I'm Johnny Seabrook from St Albans. This is 92.6 FM, Radio Verulam.